football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Good evening, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. It's been a tough week for the Dons results-wise after a 4-0 defeat to Rangers was followed up by a disappointing 1-1 midweek draw at Hamilton. It's cup action this weekend though with a place in the League, League Cup quarter-final at stake for Aberdeen if they can see off St Mirren in Paisley tomorrow evening. Boss Derek McInnes knows that getting through is all that matters. As we showed at the early part of the season when we challenges, it's finding ways to win. We don't need to be perfect, but we do still need to find ways to win and that's what we want to try and do tomorrow against a bit tricky cup tie for us but it's a tough draw for us at home as well North Sound 1 Red Friday it's Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm Mike and I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. And we're going to start by looking back at last week's uh, 4-0 defeat uh, to Rangers. Dave, how would you assess the performance? Um, disappointing, obviously, but there were mitigating circumstances and uh, not least the fact that Aberdeen are without so many key players just now. It's a real test of the resolve of the squad, but there's no doubt that this Rangers side is a different proposition to even Rangers sides of the, the recent past. Yeah, a very different team Rangers uh, are this season Andrew, but also from a Don's perspective, you would have really hoped having lost away, and, and some people might have looked at Sunday's game as a bit of a free hit because of the injuries, because of even even the likes of Scott Wright in the end, of course, being missing, which we'll talk about a bit later. But you would have hoped going down to Hamilton. It's a tough one, though. It's a way to Hamilton Wednesday night. We've seen it before. We've seen a defeat in the past. But the draw, you would hope for more. Yeah, they deserved more, certainly. I mean, first half totally dominated Hamilton, uh, but we were only one goal ahead. And that, as we know, is such a precarious lead. And... You know, three four minutes into the second half, Hamilton draw level. Uh, they they picked up no end after that. You always know when you go to Hamilton, you're going to get a battle, regardless mm. of what their league form is like. It's not the easiest surface to play on, and they make life very difficult. They've 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 got a something about them that you know it's a, a never give in spirit that has permeated throughout that club uh, for a number of years. So. Even though, you know, when when they get beaten, sometimes they, they get absolutely slaughtered like they did to Rangers, uh, which, incidentally, with 53 minutes gone at Ibrox and Rangers going 4-0 up against Aberdeen, you're praying that yeah, it's not yeah, going to happen yeah. again. But uh, uh, in the end of the day, it took a magnificent save from Joe Lewis to, to make sure that Aberdeen got the point. Yeah. And there were one or two players who certainly you could see hadn't had game time and were running an empty by the end of the game yeah. uh, at Hamilton on Wednesday. But, uh, you know, they've had time to, to recover. It's going to be mighty difficult uh, against a St Mirren side who are unbeaten in their last six uh, and who caused Aberdeen, a full-strength Aberdeen, a lot of problems last time we played each other up at Pataudry. Yeah, and one of the problems, Dave, is that squad depth that we've spoken so much about this season being such a positive for the Dons. And we, we've seen, with the inclusion, it's great to see some of the young boys getting their chance. Um, but it, we have seen a, a much weakened subs bench for the Dons. Yeah, and uh, as the manager 
has said he accepts that injuries are part and parcel of uh, football, suspensions are part and part, parcel of football, but uh, what he doesn't accept is the three players coming back from Scotland under 21 duty mm. uh, having to self-isolate. So you're without your engine room of McCrory and Ferguson, also Conor McLennan, who's been playing really, really well. And these guys are perfectly fit just now, but they can't play again tomorrow so it's uh, that is unacceptable to be honest yeah and adding to Zidane's problems is the injury and the news that Scott Wright is likely to miss the next five to six weeks here's boss Derek McInnes he's in for double hernia um, next week for an operation which will keep him out for 45 weeks from operation so he'll probably be in a total of six weeks from now injuries can happen and it's important that no squads try and deal with that He's absolutely right. Injuries can happen, Andrew, but they, they do seem to happen at the worst times. They do, and, you know, it's the old adage, it never rains, but it pours. And it's just come at absolutely the wrong time for Scott Wright because he was showing the best form of his career. Mm. That partnership between Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges was one of the most exciting in the Scottish game, yeah. and we've been deprived of that. Hedges has continued his, his very good form. I thought he was Aberdeen's outstanding player at Ibrox. He didn't get many opportunities to shine going forward but when he did uh, you know the pace that he's got was a a real problem for the Rangers back division similarly on Wednesday night he took his goal really well with the wrong foot um, which shows the confidence that he's got and he was Aberdeen's main danger man throughout the 90 minutes uh, at uh, New Douglas Park but uh, it is very unfortunate for Scott Wright he missed virtually the whole of last season which he had started very well now he's got this uh, shorter term but nonetheless uh, most untimely injury to have to deal with but Scott will come back stronger and I'm quite sure he will hit the ground running once again he'll get the very best of uh, rehabilitation from the medical staff at Pataudry who will be sick of the sight of Scott Wright as <laughs> will bet. he be of them uh, but um, no uh, we wish Scott every you know good wish in his recovery from this injury but oh, you just wish it hadn't happened <laughs> yeah it is all about timing a lot of the time and speaking of injuries one player who is happy to be back fit is Don's midfielder Dean Campbell I've been frustrated with, with an injury the last few months and I've, I've managed to get back fit and, and healthy and at a good time really where um, we're missing a few boys in, in my position yeah a good time for the likes of Dean Campbell now Dave to come in and show what he can do and surely his aim has got to be this season to try and push himself in to, into into the position where he's a, a starter definitely and uh, on Wednesday night I thought he was one of Aberdeen's best performers in the middle of the park he didn't look as though he'd been away for so long he also looked fairly comfortable when he came on at Ibrox last weekend although the circumstances weren't great when he did but uh, yeah, Dean Campbell, he's a player that everybody at Pataudry has so much hopes for and uh, he's been another one that's been just not very lucky but yeah, he needs to consolidate. It's going to be very difficult to cement a place in that midfield once yeah. the others are back but uh, you know, he's certainly got the talent. Yeah, well that's it. It's, it. There's no shortage, Andrew, of talent throughout that squad um, and it is great that you have players like Dean Campbell who can step up when there are injuries but of course more... Uh, happy, I'm sure Derek McKiss would be much more happy if he was coming into a team where he was really having to fight to get to get that place. And at the moment, you feel like he he 
he's he's almost gone from being nowhere near that team to suddenly you know he's he's right in amongst it and it, and it is a lot to do with injuries at the moment yeah it is but um as we say it's it's up to dean and knowing the type of character that dean is he will be determined that he can keep his place in that side the one thing that dean campbell has got over the other midfielders is he's naturally left-sided mm-hmm. he's very very comfortable in the ball if there is one criticism that you could possibly aim at dean it's that he he plays sideways a wee bit too much instead of forward but he's only 19 years old that's the thing you've got to remember about Dean Campbell he's he's only 19 he's got a long time in his career ahead of him and it's a difficult situation to be thrown into where you know, Funso Ojo is alongside him. Funso himself hasn't had a lot of game time at Aberdeen, and it showed on Sunday at Ibrox. Uh, it was a very different proposition playing against a Hamilton midfield to playing against that Rangers midfield because Rangers at the moment are absolutely relentless. Uh, when they get you down, they keep you down, and there's a confidence running through that Ibrox club that we haven't seen in many, many years. And they've got a lot of good players as well. Uh, but to get back to Dean, you know, it's another great opportunity for him uh, tomorrow uh, yep. to go out there. It will be possibly more of a battle, but I think he's bulked up a bit. He's stronger physically now. He doesn't look like a wee boy in the middle of the park. He he looks to the manner born in there. So uh, I'm expecting good things from Dean Campbell because he, he's a lovely technical football player, very comfortable in the ball. He's now got that bit more bite in the tackle when he's got to go and win the ball back again, um, better in the air, and he's always improving. He himself will be the first to tell you that he's got a lot still to learn about the game, but he's a determined character, and he will take on board all the advice that is being given to him. Yeah, I've seen him speak, and he speaks well as well, and he comes across really well, especially for a player, as you say, that's just 19. So look at it tomorrow then, Dave, then it's a huge it's a huge game from the Don's perspective. It's a huge game, I'm sure, for St Mirren as well, but you know, I've been on Twitter, I've been on social media this week, and we know what happens when Aberdeen have a bad result, let alone two results that are you know seen as as bad results in a row the pressure mount there's no doubt about that and tomorrow is a cup game now this is the kind of game where we really want to see Aberdeen progress we just want to get into that quarter final progress in the cups we've kind of got used to it with Derek McInnes that we will see an Aberdeen team in a semi-final yeah we have and uh, get through tomorrow and you're only 90 minutes away from another appearance at Hamden which is something that we've grown accustomed to since Derek and Tony took over but uh, yeah it's going to be a battle no doubt about it but uh, man for man even with the injuries and the the players missing Aberdeen are our better side than St Mirren so as long as they play up to the levels that we know they can then we should be coming back up the road whether it's 90 minutes or whatever coming back up the road in, in that quarterfinal draw which of course takes place on Sunday yeah and yeah, getting there is is priority and Derek McInnes I'm sure will be telling his players that it's it's about the win because it's a one-off game in cup games you said already not an easy challenge St Mirren at the best of times in a cup game the pressure's almost off them a little bit because they're not looking at the league table for them they'll look at this as and we we spoke about this earlier, but they'll look at this as potentially a bit of a free hit because you know a lot of people will expect Aberdeen to win the game. St Mirren go into it with a slightly different mentality. They do. Uh, Jim Goodwin will have them fired up for it, no question at all about that. They are missing Joe Shocknessy and Ethan Erehon uh, through suspension, as do Aberdeen miss Shea Logan. Uh, but uh, 
you know, Saints have, as I mentioned, they're unbeaten in their last six, but four of those last six games have been Betfred Cup ties against <laughs> lower league opposition. But the one against Livingston, and it's never easy to go and, and win at uh, the Tony Macaroni, but uh, they'll they'll be up for it. I I think you can draw comparisons, Dave, with when we played St Mirren last, which was the cup uh, down there, which was the cup tie last year, when again it was a free hit for St Mirren because nobody expected them, them to win. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that game through very competently. And I think that's the same sort of scenario that Derek McInnes will be looking for tomorrow. Just keep them at arm's length, score a couple of goals get the job done and get out of there with a minimum of fuss. Yeah, I don't think St Myrna will be too expansive tomorrow either. I mean, Obika will probably be a lone furrow up front for, for Saints, but they'll, they'll be looking to hit on the break and uh, as I say, it's up to Aberdeen to just make sure that, that doesn't happen, keep a clean sheet at the back and then well, you'll definitely go through if you don't concede. Yeah. Uh, Simran against the Dons tomorrow in the League Cup. It's the second round. Of course, the winners will be in the quarterfinals. We're going to speak more about that and hear from our fan reporter, Graham Watt, and get his thoughts on the game. Plus, as well as that, we'll take a look at the other games affecting Northeast teams this weekend and much more still to come on Red Friday. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1. Red Friday. Yeah, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1 and tomorrow it's the Dons against St Mirren. It's a 5.15 kickoff. It's the League Cup and it's the second round. Let's get the thoughts of our fan reporter, Graham Watts. Yeah, Mike, looking forward to it. I think it's been a, a difficult week for Aberdeen. Obviously, the defeat to Rangers and then the wee slip up there against Hamilton that cost us the win. Um, you know, Mike, but it's it's been tough you know the squad stretched there's a lot of injuries obviously with the Covid as well it's not helped Derek's been under a bit of pressure to you know patch up a side and he's I think he's, he's done what he's had to do it's what he's got to do um, I, I know a lot of Aberdeen fans are pretty upset they've lost their opinions on Facebook and you know Twitter and stuff but you know it's, it's, it's really we've got to remember Mike that any team missing you know was it nine first team players <laughs> any team's going to struggle with that Mike um, I think we've just got to grit our teeth get through it and I, I, I really believe that there's enough there to get us through that cup tie on Sunday and then we can start getting some of these guys back and playing some of that football that we've been really enjoying with this season Mike I know it's we've not been bad at all and I'm hopeful I think we will do it I think it will be 2-1 but I think it will be difficult uh, St Mirren will not make it easy but here's hoping Mike yeah I'm going to say 2-1 North Sound 1 Red Friday yeah, thanks to Graham getting his thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game. It is tomorrow. It's five fifteen kickoff. And uh, Andrew, just on what Graham's saying there, I, mean, I think it's a very good point to say that any team, any squad, nine players, even Rangers and Celtic with all their money and all their players, if they were to lose nine first team players, things would be much more difficult. Absolutely. I mean, you can't underestimate the, you know, the the problem that is caused by all these guys being out. And as as the manager said, you know, it's. A lot of the, the speedsters in the side mm-hmm. uh, that are missing at the moment, and that that changes the dynamic of the game altogether. It changes the way you play, and it, it's it's a difficult one. But it, it's where the strength of your squad does shine through. And I think, you know, when you you compare the likely starting lineups tomorrow, Aberdeen still do have the better players. Yeah, but you've got to play well. Uh, 
there's no point in saying, well, I'm a better player than you are if you don't play to your potential or, or, or to the, the full level that you can you can perform at. So uh, you're looking for everybody to be on top of their game. Uh, it's one of those that, again, we've said it, you know, performance doesn't matter. It's all about getting through. It's a cup tie and uh, it's who wants it most. And sometimes, you know, in the past, Aberdeen sides have been found lacking uh, when it's come to desire. But I think you can look at the, the current squad and say that's uh, an accusation that can't be levelled against them. Yeah. Uh, one positive last Sunday was the appearance of 16-year-old Ryan Duncan, Dave. And uh, he was he was born in January 2004. Which Frightening. Was terrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, great great to see, again, Derek McInnes has done this over the years. You've seen players come through and it's great to see one or two other players start to emerge. Yeah, and a, another example of how successful the Youth Academy is at Pretoria. And that's the, the, the upside of all these injuries is that players like young Rhino really get so much out of that uh, appeal late on down at Ibrooks and uh, you know it does show that the future is bright and with the same tomorrow the bench will be full of full of youngsters again and just being part of the first team just being part of the squad that is so important for developing their character and they're seeing what it's like at the top level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Another. It's, it's sorry, extremely Andrew, difficult uh, just now for the youngsters because yeah. there's no age group football being played, no under 18 games. And that game midweek, the reserve game was, yeah, was, was called off. Yeah, 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 because of the, the injury problems mm-hmm. that we have and the number of development players that were needed to, to, to go down to Hamilton for the Wednesday. So yeah. the likes of, um, you know, Ryan Duncan at 16, he hasn't featured very much for the under 18s, never mind for the reserve side. So his rise has been meteoric. So it's, it's brilliant for the, the, the guys who are round about the same age group as, as Ryan, that they're mm. seeing that there's a pathway is there. But it is very, very difficult in the current situation for players to attract the manager's attention because there aren't reserve games, there's no under-18 games. All you can do is do what you can in training to try and catch his eye. And that's clearly what Ryan Duncan has done. Yeah, absolutely. Other news today involving the Dons is the news that Aberdeen have submitted a plan for a three-game fan pilot. They're aiming to have 1,000 season ticket holders at Ross County's visit on the 12th of December and 2,000 against Johnson on Boxing Day and then Dundee United on the 2nd of January. We're obviously in Tier 2 of the restrictions, Dave, and it's it's good in the sense that we, we, we know that there's been endorsement from Gary McFarlane, the professor. We know that there's some backing for this from that level, but really the big thing is the fans want this and football needs it. It most certainly needs it and uh, there are certainly... So, I mean, the test game against Kilmarnock back in September was an unqualified success and everyone's social distance. And, you know, Pataudry right now, the games, there's plenty room for social distancing. You could have more than, you know, you could have a good few thousand without uh, uh, going against the, the current regulations. But, of course, it's just whether the government will allow... Down south, we've got fans coming back, so there's absolutely no reason whatsoever uh, why why it shouldn't happen here in Scotland. But, uh, you know, and that'll be such a, a welcome change to have supporters back because, uh, as you say, it really is it's football without the supporters and no. it makes such a difference. No, it does. Andrew, and of course, we are seeing that big difference between England and Scotland with these decisions. And 
It's very difficult because we don't really know at the moment what's going to happen in a week's time with the COVID regulations, let alone anything else. But we have seen the easing over Christmas. We have seen talk of a vaccine. All this stuff is very positive. Um, And we're moving into a new year in a month's time. It would be nice to start with some fans in stadiums. Absolutely, because the game really is not the same without having any fans in in the ground. You don't need to have a full stadium we know that we've got to take baby steps but let's start because you know as Chairman Mao famously said all those years ago every long journey starts with a first step and at the moment we're not seeing that first step being taken I can understand the the, the worries about uh, you know spread etc being amplified but I think as, as Dave said you know the, the game against Kilmarnock it was done impeccably the fans all did their bit trust people to you know take on board the messages that uh, are being given to them on a daily basis yeah. uh, and if we don't the worry is that, you know, instead of having 42 senior teams, we could end up having, you know, a dozen. Yeah, and to be honest, um, we that is something we, we touched on that briefly last week. And um, it is something that is concerning. But it, it's at least it feels like Aberdeen, Dave, are sort of leading the way in the charge to sort of persuade the people that need to be persuaded that this is the right way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Aberdeen have been very vocal, Dave, and the the board have been right up there asking the government for explanations, looking to speak with the First Minister, etc. But it's it's not the Aberdeens that are the real risk. It's the the clubs down in League One, League Two, who just quite simply cannot go on indefinitely without revenue coming in from supporters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Right then, it is Red Friday and uh, there are many games happening across Scotland over the weekend and as well as that, there's an international game in the women's game this evening which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Before that though, we're going to hear from Lewis Mickey who has the latest on how the Aberdeen's women's team has been doing over the last week. Last Sunday was a bit of a wake-up call for Aberdeen women, not only their first dropped points of the season, but a 5-1 defeat to Partick Thistle. Despite the loss, they still sit top of SWPL2. They're back to Cormac Park this weekend as they look to get back to winning ways when they take on Kilmarnock. Right back Lauren Campbell is excited to be back at home. We've had um, three games on the bounce all the way from home in Glasgow, so it's just actually quite nice to get a home fixture, um, to be honest. But yeah, we suffered our first defeat last weekend, which was... A bit of an uncharacteristic performance. I think you have to learn from from getting beat. I think sometimes it shows character of your team. And um, last year we basically had an undefeated season, I suppose, but there was one cup game. I've also been speaking to Lauren about her background in football, as well as asking who of her two co-managers has the best jokes. What's your first football in memory? I come from quite a big like footballing family, and I remember getting like hand-me-down boots from a cousin because like my dad was like, well, you know you you're not going to take football seriously we're not going to buy you a pair of boots you're going to have to stick in before you get them so I think getting these hand-me-down pair of Nike Tempos is probably my first introduction in memory of football and, and going from that point what's your proudest moment so far in your career? Well I played for Aberdeen for years um, and won a few trophies with Aberdeen but um, I played under 19 Scotland and um, we went to the Euro, two, Euro finals I think it was back in 2009 now which is about 10 years ago um, I wasn't actually picked for the squad. I got called in last minute, um, not expecting to play much. And then somebody pulled up in the warm up, 
um, when we were supposed to be playing England and I was throwing straight in at right back and I managed to keep my position for the whole tournament. So probably that that three games um, is probably the highlight of my footballing career. And looking at your, your teammates, if you had to pick one, who would you say is the, the funniest player in the squad? <laughs> the funniest? I shall be delighted with this, but it's probably Joe. Um, I play behind Joe, she plays right mid a lot. Um, I would say she is a bit of a comedian, but to be honest, it's more like because she falls over and she's so clumsy um, that makes her the comedian of the team rather than maybe the, the jokes she actually dishes out. And speaking of being funny, if you had to pick someone with the best banter, would it be Emma or Stuart? <sighs> Emma comes with these, you know, silly jokes. I think she thinks she's got good banter, so I'll give her that. She tries. Yeah, thanks to Lewis once again for keeping us up to date with how things are progressing. We'll hear it again on Red Saturday from Lewis tomorrow on the women's game and a big game tonight, Andrew, as well, because it's Portugal-Scotland in the UEFA Women's Championship qualification round. It is uh, a must-win game for Scotland and I think they've got as strong a side out as they possibly can get. So we wish the, the girls all the very best for, for that one. And they... Uh, We've got Rachel Corsi, of course, from Aberdeen, captain on the side, and Kim Little is back in the team, and she is a world star. Yeah, in, absolutely. In, in yeah. Fo- uh, ladies football. Right then, I think we, because we've got lots of games to talk about this weekend, because we are talking cup and we have all the League Cup games to talk about, let's move on to the predictor. And last week it was Mark Milne, Andrew, who had a go up against Dave. Uh, how did Mark get on? Mark managed to get four. But Dave, a return to form, got five, oh. so he just edged it, so <laughs> it now stands seven apiece in the league table. All right, well, slightly different challenge this week because you're up against former Don Richie Byrne and Graham got Richie's predictions for this weekend's games. Yeah, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is former Don's defender Richie Byrne. Richie started his League Cup ties first up, Alloa versus Hearts. How do you see that one going? Alloa versus Hearts, I'm going to say... 2-0 to Hearts away win Our Broth take on your former side Dunfermline Richie how do you see that one going? I say Our Broth 1 Dunfermline 2 Hibs versus Dundee Hibs versus Dundee 1-0 to Hibs Livingston versus Air United 2-0 Livingston Motherwell versus St Johnston Say 1-0 Motherwell and finally on Saturday, the five o'clock kickoff, Richie, St Mirren versus the Dons. How do you see it going? Aberdeen game. I'm going to say 3 1 for the Dons. And then on to Sunday's League Cup ties. First up, Celtic versus Ross County. Celtic game. I'm going to give it 4 0 for Celtic. And finally, Falkirk versus Rangers. Rangers. I'm going to say 3 0 for the Jers. There we go then, that's what you're up against. Dave, let's get your predictions starting with Saturday's games. Aloha against Hearts. Uh, yeah, I've gone exactly the same as Richie. 2-0 Hearts. Arbroath, Dunfermline. 1-1 one, one at 90 minutes. Hibs against Dundee. 4-0 Hibs. Livingston, Air United. Livy, still in shock a wee bit with Gary Holt departing. 1-1. One, one. Motherwell against St Johnston. 2-1 the Steelmen. And the big one, it's St Mirren against Aberdeen. Happy if it's uh, more than this, but 0-1. OK, uh, Sunday's game, Celtic-Ross County. 3-0 Celtic. And Falkirk against Rangers. 4-1 away. All right, there we are. Uh, just looking at those other games, Andrew, there's a few interesting ties in there. 
There are. I mean, uh, Motherwell St Johnston, of course, they played in the league last week, couldn't be separated, won one in the, the league match at McDermott Park. Uh, I do think home advantage will just edge it the way of Motherwell. Hearts, I think, will be too strong for Alloa. I fancy Dunfermline, uh, who are going really well in the championship to get the better of our broth. Hibs, Dundee, I can only see a home win there. The Livingston Air United one, that's going to be interesting because, of course, as Dave mentioned, you know, Gary Holt has left. But that sometimes works in favour of the side that's just lost their manager because the players know they've got to then go out and win the favour of whoever's going to to take over. So I can Mm -hmm. see Livingston just edging that. And the Celtic Ross County and Falkirk Rangers games, I think, have got to go with the form book, despite the fact that... um, you know, Celtic, they're a shambles defensively. I don't think uh, Ross County, unfortunately, have the same firepower that Sparta Prague have got. <laughs> Unlikely. Uh, and Falkirk, although they're going well in League One, will just find that Rangers machine so difficult to come up against. Any of the games in the other games, other than the Dons match tomorrow, Dave, that sort of catch your eye? Well, I, I think I've gone 1 1. Um, and their Broth and Fermline game because I do think Gayfield is such a, a leveller and it is, you know, their Broth players. The coldest place on earth. It's the coldest place <laughs> on earth. It's the windiest place on earth. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but their Broth players know it. There's obviously Aberdeen interest with Miko Vertinen and uh, Michael Ruth on loan there. So I think there could be a, a, a wee upset there. Um, and But Livingston Air is the one that stands out for me as potentially a shot. And again, Bruce Anderson obviously on loan at Air United just now so it will be interesting to see and of course Alloa Hearts Hearts beat Alloa at home in midweek and managed to miss two penalties in a 3-0 victory <laughs> Liam Boyce uh, both on both occasions but uh, I think it will be a lot closer on the, the plastic at uh, Athletic but I do think Hearts will be too strong for Alloa yeah, Red Friday, North Sound 1. Tomorrow, of course, it's St Mirren against the Dons. It's the second round of the League Cup and we'll be talking more about that and more next. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Aberdeen are in cup action. It's the second round of the League Cup. The winners of St Mirren against the Dons will be in the quarterfinals. It's a 5-15 kickoff tomorrow in Paisley. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But before we do that, this week we learned of the sad news of the death of a footballing legend. And Maradona gives Argentina the lead. The England players protesting to the referee. But the little man who started it by walking past Glenn Hoddle, that's where the ball came from Hodge. Maradona had continued the run forward. And the goal is given. Uh, what point was he offside? Or was it a use of the hand that England are complaining about? Of course, that is the infamous hand of God moment, Andrew, which was cheered by Argentina fans and Scotland fans alike back in 1986. But of course, a few minutes later, he went on to score one of the greatest goals in World Cup history. And where did he rank for you in world football terms? Um, Right up there, right up there, level top with the Pelés, the the Messis, the Ronaldos of the current day. Um, George Best for me was an absolute genius. And like George Best, Diego Maradona was a flawed genius. And perhaps fitting that the two share the same 
you know, death date, um, you know, the, the 20... Yeah, 15 20, years apart. 15 years yeah. apart. But uh, Maradona was uh, a magnificent football player. I think without him, Argentina would never have won that World Cup in 86. That was the, the high point of his career. He had the lows, but um, his ability in a football pitch unsurpassed kicked off the pitch in 82 and uh, wasn't picked for the Argentina squad in 78 when when even though he was a, a youngster a lot of people were looking for him to be in that squad so 86 was his year and it sort of all the stars aligned but he was the player that, that in that World Cup I think if he played for anybody they'd have probably won the World Cup absolutely and I think we all know what the England players were complaining about <laughs> uh, once we saw the, the TV replays but yeah, uh, yeah no, an absolute genius and of course in 1979 he played against Scotland came to the notice as a very young player yeah. to Paul Hegarty ex-Aberdeen manager <laughs> right. um, etc who were taken to the cleaners Kenny Dalgleish was in the team against him and, and uh, he had to just stand in awe for the, the precocious talent of this youngster and uh, as Andrew said he's a flawed genius we saw in the, was it USA 94 when the the, uh, <laughs> the, goal. the, the goal celebration <laughs> when uh, there was obviously not something quite not right but no. uh, in 86 you're right he, he won that World Cup for his country uh, Andrew just briefly on him as well do you think you mentioned George Best there and uh, it's a very good comparison in terms of playing style and, and off the field the, the demons that haunted both of them different but similar and George Best do you think it's the case though that because television became such a bigger thing in the sort of late 70s early 80s and we started seeing a lot more football and there was a lot more recorded footage do you think had we seen some of that footage from George Best recorded and been stored in the way that the Maradona stuff has do you think George Best would be seen in the yeah, he is by many but do you think worldwide he would be seen in the same absolutely I mean the the, the modern media machine that uh, drives popularity of of players uh, you know the Pelly is probably the one who really missed out yeah. because he was, without question, a fantastic football player. Um, we haven't mentioned Johan Cruyff, who was <laughs> one, one of the greats as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think um, we've been very fortunate that we're able to see the the genius of um, Diego Maradona. Uh, I never saw him firsthand. Obviously, I did see George Best firsthand, uh, and. It wasn't at the, the height of his career, but both Dave and I worked with John Fitzpatrick, who was a very yeah. close friend yeah. of George Best, and hey, Fitz didn't have a bad word to say about him, did he? No, not at all, not at all. Played in that same team as well in youth, the 60s Youth the Cup 70s. team of 1963, yeah. uh, the two of them were close mates. Uh, Fitzy still blames George Best for leading him astray but I think George Best <laughs> blames Fitzy for leading him astray I think so. George has got a point <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, really, really sad news this week of the passing of Diego Maradona at the age of 60 and uh, looking again to the other games that are happening over the weekend invo involving North East teams we're going to take a look at League One now Cove Rangers off the back of a rare defeat uh, this weekend they, they lost last week albeit just by the goal away to home away from home as well still top of the league they're away to Airdrie another tough tie really though Andrew very tough game uh, Airdrie have um, designs on, on being in the, at the top end of that table as well so a really tough game for Cove but um, it was a, a closely uh, fought encounter down at uh, Falkirk last week I think Cove will, will bounce back and will get back to winning ways yeah uh, what's what's your take on it because I mean it is uh, it is unusual that we talk about a Cove defeat Dave yeah and Airdrie <laughs> full time as well which uh, of course uh, 
as an advantage, you would think. But I, I do think, uh, along with Andrew, that uh, Cove will bounce back. It was a very tight, but Paul Hartley will not let them go into the game tomorrow with anything other than the required attitude to get the three points. Peter Head there at home, and they host Forfar Athletic tomorrow, Andrew. And Peter Head, well, we saw last week, we, we, we talked about the game against Dumbarton. It was going to be a tough one. They came out, they scored the goal fairly early on, and, and they were solid and they got the win. Yeah, I think um, Jim McAnally will be buoyed by that. Uh, Forfar haven't had their troubles to seek this season. Of course, Jack McKenzie on loan from Aberdeen will be playing left back there. Uh, he'll be up against possibly guys that he's known from his Petardi days in the Peter Head lineup. Uh, once again, I can see it being quite a, a closely fought game, but home advantage, I think, will shade it the way of Peter Head and they'll make it two wins in the spin. Yeah, can Peter Head get the win tomorrow, Dave? Yeah, I'd totally. I agree with Andrew, I think they'll get the win. They started off a wee stutter at the start of the league campaign and they did a good Betfred Cup group stage as well, but they've now seemed to have turned the corner. A good win last week and I think they'll continue with that in that form. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, the other exciting news this weekend is that we've got Highland League action for the first time in a very, very long time. We have indeed. Saturday the 28th of November with you know, the first games of what will be a truncated yeah. Highland League season and of course Forrest McCann decided to opt out of the season so we're down to 18 teams unfortunately one of the games is off Nairn County against Clark because uh, a number of Nairn County players are having to self-isolate but uh, the favourites for the league once again will be Brora Rangers they make the journey down to Banff to play Devon Vale, it's Fort William against Strathbay Thistle, Locos against Keith, a good local derby there Lossiemouth against Fraserburgh, Fraserburgh will be another side that will, I would anticipate being up at the top end of the table Rothes, who are you know, going well, uh, they'll be favourites at home against Huntley. Turf United against Formarton United, again, an Aberdeenshire derby, and uh, both sides will be keen to, to put down a marker for the season. Turf have got a couple of, well, they've got three Aberdeen players on loan, Luke Turner, Connor Power, and Tyler Makita from uh, last season's under-18 squad. And then finally, it's Wick Academy against Bucky Thistle. Bucky, who, of course, will play Aberdeen in the Aberdeenshire Cup, but not until January. Yeah, now. January. Now that is three o'clock kickoffs tomorrow in the Highland League and junior football returns as well, Dave. It returned last weekend and it's a uh, regionalised League Cup. We've got uh, three three different areas: the West, Banff and Buchan, and Aberdeen. Uh, I'm going to go for my game of the day is in section three of the Aberdeen area League Cup and that's at Crombie Park Cooter against Bridgedon Thistle Cooter started off last week with a 3-1 win at Stonywood Parkville Bridgedon Thistle were the odd team out in that section so they're making their competitive debut tomorrow afternoon all the junior games kick off at 1.30 OK let's uh, talk a little bit more then about the Dons tomorrow because it is a huge game for Aberdeen and it's uh, away to St Mirren it's the League Cup and from a Don's fan's perspective, Andrew, we, we've we seen a lot written this week. Well, we see a lot written every week, to be perfectly honest, win, lose or draw. But we've seen a lot this week and a lot of it, a lot of it is because I guess Derek McInnes has got Aberdeen in a position over the years where we're not used to to losing games and then not winning the next game after that. So it's, it's very unusual that, you know, the Don's have been in this position over, over the course of two games. It doesn't happen too often, thankfully. But the cup really is where the fans can see that there's potential to bring silverware back to Pataudry. Absolutely. I mean, the, being absolutely realistic, um, we're not going to win the league. 
finances dictate that and there are two clubs whose finances are way ahead uh, of everybody else or their ability to spend money should you really say, because <laughs> one of them doesn't have a hell of a lot of money uh, but gets away with recording losses, but that's another story. Anyhow, uh, so that leaves you with the two cup competitions that which Aberdeen, given a fair wind, a, a decent run of draws, um, are every bit as likely to win a cup as anybody else in Scotland. So uh, tomorrow is very, very important. St Mirren themselves will... will cast our minds back to the last time they played Aberdeen in the League Cup, they beat us they went on to win the trophy so Jim Goodwin I'm quite sure will make reference to that in his pre-match talk tomorrow but it's all about what happens in the here and now and if Aberdeen players all play to the best of their ability they will win the game tomorrow, yeah. simple as that Who's your standout player from a Don's perspective Dave tomorrow? Um, I'm going to go for young Dean Campbell who we heard uh, from earlier on because Dean, as, as you mentioned Mike Dean has the the chance to cement a place, make it difficult for, for Derek to, to leave him out and uh, in the absence of uh, Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory he is uh, going to be a, a very, very much part of the fulcrum of uh, the Aberdeen attack. So, uh, along with Funso Ojo in that middle of the park, I, which I expect the pair of them to be. Uh, but Dean, it's a big opportunity for him, and uh, it's a big season for him as well. We saw Joe Lewis make a, an amazing last-minute save in midweek, and you know we don't obviously want to talk about last-minute saves to, to to prevent a defeat at Hamilton, but he's such an important player and in games like this it might be that he does nothing for 89 minutes but that one minute is the difference between a, a, a passage to the next round and going out of the cup that for my money is why Joe Lewis is the best goalkeeper bar none in Scotland uh, he had absolutely nothing uh, to do other than I think he caught one cross um, but despite the fact that Hamilton were betting them in the second half they didn't put any pressure on Joe but when he had to make that save he made the save and as you say you've kept your concentration for 93 minutes on a freezing cold night down in Lanarkshire with no crowd around you that takes a special talent to be able to do that Yeah, yeah his concentration is, is something that uh, not every goalkeeper uh, has certainly in the abundance that Joe Lewis does and Dave it's the first of two trips to Paisley over the next seven days as well because it's back to St Mirren the following week so I suppose getting used to that road and getting used to that st- that ground over the next couple of weeks Yeah and also at the other end of the park from Joe Big Sam has got a good record down at St Mirren Park in fact was that not down there Andrew when he went on the start of that when he got a double in the start of his uh, amazing run the season before last Well he's, he scored his debut goals against St Mirren I think but he's, he definitely has a good record down there I remember course, one game at this time of year when it was absolutely horrendous conditions and it was Sam Cosgrove who was the man of the match that day Absolutely so yeah and Sam hasn't really got up to, to top speed yet this season but a perfect opportunity to do it tomorrow Yeah it is an absolutely massive game for the Dons as they all are but this one a little bit different because it's a cup game we want to see Aberdeen progress in the cup and uh, hopefully reach the quarter final which is just 90 minutes away and 90 minutes then from a Hamden appearance once again uh, We'll be on Red Saturday tomorrow from 2 o'clock I'll be joined by Cheryl and of course we'll have all the update in the first half should anything happen in Paisley we'll let you know about it Dave Galloway will have a pre-match Uh, build up to that as well we'll be speaking to him before the game begins and Red Friday we return next week ahead of St Mirren against Aberdeen once again 
It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. 